Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. We have a problem. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Everybody going to Vegas! Ready, set, Vegas. You're in or you're out. Who's anything about gambling? 11 days of basketball in the desert oasis. Master cashed a bad check downstairs and gave you his reference. What happened here? Only happens here. Only happens I remember thinking, Jesus. Who wants to be my father? Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show, live from Las Vegas. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. With me today, I've got Will Guillory. Will, what's up, man? Oh, I'm doing well, man. My first time on a live pod. Feels good, man. Even though we don't have as much action behind us, we're going to bring it here. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a little early for Vegas. I think we found yeah. that out. They're trying people to get don't some roll people. out of bed until like 11, 12 in <laughs> Vegas, you know, but, but it's all good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this Thunder Rockets game last night. The, the Rockets win 90-88. Lots of fun characters in this one. Who, who stood out most to you in this game? Man, for me, it was probably Chet Holmgren, man. Uh, just uh, he, he wasn't really as good offensively as we saw him, you know, in his earlier summer league games. But yeah. I just felt like he was at the rim all night. Every time the Rockets tried to get anything going in the paint, it was just like he had eight arms. He, he was just yeah. everywhere. It's crazy. And that was my first time really seeing him up close and just seeing how long and tall he is and just the way he moves on the court. It's insane, man, because he's not just like a big stiff out there. He's a fluid guy. Yeah. He's got great timing in the paint. Uh, uh, man, he was just really impressive. Yeah, he had a few assists last night. His first one really stuck out to me because he was bringing the ball up the court and the crowd was like anticipating something to happen. <laughs> and he all he did was drive the lane, make a simple dump off pass, and the crowd was like, ooh, you know. And it's part of it is just at seven foot one when he's bringing the ball up the court. Like it looks a little bit like Lamar Odom did yeah. back in the day, and Lamar is like six foot nine, but he's doing it at seven foot one. I, I think people are just not used to seeing a player like this. Yeah, it's crazy, and I really like the fact that Oklahoma City's just giving him the freedom just to do stuff. Like yeah. right? he's just bringing the ball up the court. They're giving him the ball and actions at the top of the paint. They're, they're really allowing these guys to kind of stretch their legs and really so, show what they can do. I think the same thing's true for Josh Giddy. Yep. He's been a little bit more in score mode uh, than we're used to seeing from him. So it's they've been a fun team to watch, and they're one of those teams here in Summer League where it's like, man, pretty much their whole rotation is on the court other than Shea and Dort. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're playing all of the guys we're going to see in the regular season. I think that's why it's been important for them to give those guys time, especially Josh and Chet, that time to develop that chemistry. Yeah, we didn't know Josh was going to play here in Vegas. I was pretty surprised, <laughs> to I, be honest. I mean, we – somebody was like, I think Josh is going to play. He's he's wearing his warm-up, so <laughs> it's like, okay. I mean, and a part of it is that he really wants to play. Yeah. And he – it's funny, he and Chet didn't know each other before he joined the Thunder. But Josh would be up in his Instagram comments. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of weird that these guys don't know each other and Josh is like sending like these clear signals like flirting with him in the pre-draft process. Like, I want you to be my teammate. <laughs> it was really funny. And listen, there, there aren't many you know, young guys you would want to link up with more than Josh Giddy, right? If you're yeah. Chet Holmgren, I mean, he's just going to make Chet's life so much easier. And we were talking about this earlier 
watching Houston, and we can transition to Houston now, it seems like life is so much more difficult for Jabari because he doesn't have a Josh Giddy in his life, right? A guy who's just like, I'm going to get you shots. I'm going to figure yep. out how to put you in the right spot to make offense easier for you. And, and I think uh, we talked about Chet's capable of doing for himself way more than most yeah. seven-footers. He can, you know, go through the legs behind the back. He can do stuff in the paint, you know, mid-post. Uh, but I think life's going to be much easier for him. He's going to take much more efficient shots playing with Josh Giddy, and it just feels like everything's tough right now for Jabari Smith. Yeah, I, th I think the Houston team is it's not well suited for Jabari. No. And I actually feel a little bit bad for him because this his summer league debut is not going to look as impressive as what the third overall pick should look. And I think that's okay. I, I think that they need like a true ball handler, someone with real gravity. Like Josh Christopher takes a lot of shots for them. Yes. Dacian Nix might be their best point guard, but Dacian Nix isn't like a NBA level point guard. Right, yeah. Um, and so they're really just trying to figure things out. Even Tari Eason, who's going to take a lot of shots for them, is not a creator or a decision maker. Right. He's more like a defensive guy. He's defense, anything. and he's going to be a play finisher. And he, I mean, that dude plays hard. He does. I really like that about <laughs> him. But for Jabari, you know, he's 5 of 19. I mean, they, the Thunder felt comfortable putting Jalen Williams from Santa Clara on him, mm -hmm. who's this, a 6'6 guard. Like, he was the point guard for Santa Clara. <laughs> And he's an interesting player because you can kind of plug him in in yeah. lots of different spots. But that was the primary defender right. on Jabari last night. And it was essentially that because Jabari isn't going to use his handle, you just get up in his space early, in. and that's how you defend him. And I think it was a good matchup for Jalen because Jalen's got like a 7-2 wingspan. He's 6'6", 7-2 wingspan, so he can – he even blocked one of his jump shots last night. Yeah, he got a couple of nice dunks, too, here he in the league. <laughs> Jalen's fun, man. He's impressive the way he moves around on the court. I was pretty surprised seeing him up close. Yeah, because he, he's used to having the ball in his hands. He, he's used to being the man. But because of that, he can see the court in a way that a exactly. lot of guys don't and really knows, like, timing-wise, when to cut, how to move. He's been, he's been impressive. Um, but Jabari, I think Jabari's going to be a good player. He just needs to be able to have somebody generate the right shots for him. Exactly. And they haven't found a flow for him yet. Defensively, though, I was impressed. Because what it was funny, this was maybe like the third possession, and Chet's bringing the ball up the court, and he's yelling at his teammates, this is me alone. And he kept yelling <laughs> that over and over again at them, like, no, just me, just me. Yeah. And he, to his credit, he Chet tried to get to the rim, missed a layup. Yeah, he pl he played Chet really well one on one. Yeah, I thought he which did a good is something job. something that you want to see from him. Yeah, and it's funny because I think during the pre-draft process, the entire conversation around Chet was, man, he's so skinny. I don't yeah. know if he can handle the pound. I think watching Jabari Smith up close these first few games, my takeaway was, man, this guy is really small. Yeah. You know, he's a, he looks like a 19-year-old kid out there. You see the skill. You see a couple times where he'll put up a jump shot, and it's like, man, that, that stroke looks really smooth. Yep. You can see he's comfortable shooting it from, from range with guys running at him. So you can see the potential there, but I think there's a lot of growth for him as far as putting muscle on, being able to deal with physicality. You saw a couple times, especially when he played against Paolo, just times where he would just kind of get pushed around. Yeah. The guys will get into him. Like you said, he wasn't really able to deal with it. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a longer process for Jabari than I think people thought coming yeah. into it. It felt like he was a guy who you could just plug in and he'll just shoot 40% from the three-point line. But right. I think he's got some room to grow. And I think watching Chet up close, it feels like, man, he might be good immediately just because he went into such a good situation. 
it's a great situation. And you forget a little bit that Shea Gilders Alexander is on the Thunder right. too. Yeah. Who is like far and away their best player. He has the most gravity on the team by far. And if the Thunder can play fast with Chet and Shea and Josh and whoever else they want to plug in there, they could they could be a really I don't think they're gonna be good. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like this is a lottery team. But you can start to see the vision right. for what they want to be in the next two or three years. Yeah, I just think they need to find a big guy to protect Chet. I don't know if you're going to run Derek Favors back or whatever. No, no. <laughs> yeah, well, I went Count Favors out, man. I went through the Derek Favors experience as well. So, yeah, I think it's probably right to move on for Favors. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just think you need a big guy to protect Chet because we kind of saw Kenny yeah. Lofton pushing him around. And it's like, oh, yeah. if Kenny Lofton's doing that, imagine when Zion comes to town, you know, <laughs> or, or Joel Embiid, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I I think they need to find a big guy to protect him. But like I said, I think being with Shea, being with Josh Giddy, it's just going to make life so much easier for him. And ultimately, we need them to be down there in that bottom three because we need one Benyana oh. and Chad Holmgren on the same team, oh just arms gosh. and legs for days in the <laughs> OKC front court. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, if we uh, if we see Chet versus Zion, we might see DNP rest for, <laughs> for Chet so that he can survive the <laughs> Yeah, man, Zion's year. a different animal once you get in that paint. Holy smokes. Let's talk about your pals real quick. Uh, disappointing night last yeah, night. Yeah, the, the uh, alleged defending champs <laughs> weren't exactly <laughs> what we expected from them oh last year. They were like it. this juggernaut, undefeated. Yeah. You know, they were killing people. All of the young guys were looking great. And yesterday, it was pretty rough. Yeah. So Dyson Daniels, their top pick in the draft, their, uh, their prized possession from the Lakers. Yeah. How many minutes do you play? Six or eight. seven? Eight? Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's it's funny because the same thing happened to Josh Giddy last summer. Is that Josh played six minutes, turned his ankle, and he was done. Yeah. And almost man, the same tough. thing happened with Dyson. It was tough. It really kind of took the air out of the building because I yeah. think that was the number one guy people were looking forward to yeah. on this Pelicans roster. You know, especially with Jose Alvarado sitting out, and that was basically because Jose played too much with Puerto Rico. So they were like, we're going to give him the summer off. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was basically all in on Dyson Daniels. And he started out really rough, had an air ball on a three-pointer, yeah. turned his ankle, a really bad turn. I, I would be shocked if he plays on Monday. Uh, they might even shut him down for the rest of summer league. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, it was just – you could see the nerves in him. You could see him trying to do a little bit too much. Uh, he made a couple nice passes. I think that was good to see him being able to just see the court. Portland was throwing a zone at him. He was finding the corner shooters, a couple cutters. So I think uh, him being a point guard, I think, was a question coming in as a 6A guy. Yeah. Uh, had some struggles at times in the G League, really controlling the ball, dealing with guys who get up in him and pressure him. Uh, but I think you see the vision, his, him understanding how to control the offense. Uh, but ultimately, for him this season, it's about the impact he can make on defense, just being a switchable yep. guy, somebody who can take some of that stress off of Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado. And I think that's what you really want to see. We didn't get to see it much because <laughs> he didn't play. Yep. Shaden Sharp wasn't out there because he was hurt yep. for Portland. Uh, but, yeah, it was just a disappointing night overall. We didn't get any sneaky Jose steals. Yeah. Najee Marshall wasn't that good. Yeah. Trey Murphy was like one of nine on threes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it wasn't a fun night if you were a Pels fan. But I, I think brighter days are still ahead for this team. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. I really like DJ Liddell out of the draft. What did you think of him, their second-round pick? Yeah, I think he's, he's a guy who just knows how to play. He, he just moves around on the court really well. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good defender. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy who can – we saw him, you know, go up against Paolo in, in college yeah. and hold his own, being yep. able to uh, – like we talked about, those bigger wings who can put you down in the post. EJ Liddell can deal with that. He, yeah. he did that in college, and they played a switch everything defense in college, so he knows how to stay in front of smaller guards as well. So, yeah, I think uh, that's a guy who they want to really lean into as somebody second-year guys start to fade away for the Pels. I don't think we're going to see Trey Murphy for more than two games. Same thing yeah. for Najee Marshall. So E.J. Liddell is a guy. Uh, Trajan Langdon said at the, the rookie press conference, he said, hey, E.J., if you came out in the draft last year, we would have drafted you. So they really like E.J. Liddell, and they're going to okay. give him a chance to earn a roster spot. Pels already have 15 guarantees, so it might be tough for him, but I think they really want to see what this guy can do. Yeah, a lot of people had a first-round grade on him, and they got lucky getting him in the 40s. No doubt, yeah. Um, Let's talk about Paolo Banquero, the number one pick in the draft. He sticks out as a player just physically Man. that's more ready than just about anybody that's here. I think he's easily been the most impressive guy. It's not just the numbers. When you see him on the court, with some of these other kids, it's like he's a grown man. And I had to Google it myself yesterday. It's like he's still 19. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. he's a legit 250, legit 6'10". He's making – he had the huge block at the end of the game uh, yes. yesterday against the Kings. I mean, it's – really wild to see what he can do at the court on the court at such a young age the way he can just move people around he can fight for boards in the paint he's making shot blocks at the rim I wasn't expecting to see that he's had a couple really nice blocks at the rim during summer league I think he's easily been the most impressive guy and you can see what Orlando's starting to build there with him as the center of the offense. You got Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner. Yep. They gave Wendell Carter his big deal. So I think that's a fun team they're starting to build. And if he can be a guy who gives you like 18 a night next year, uh, man, this team is going to be fun to watch. They needed a focal point, and they've needed yeah. that for a long time. And they've been drafting these kind of big, long defenders. I mean, Jonathan Isaac's another guy that like has hope of coming back this year. They've got all these pieces, and they had no, like, focal point of the offense. Right. And that's why I was glad they didn't take Jabari, because Jabari's just kind of adding to that list of, like, okay, here's your another secondary guy. Yep. Where Apollo was really the only guy that could be a primary guy. I think they got the right player. I'm interested to see how he plays. His passing was something that people talked a lot about pre-draft, and it's stood out. Like, yeah. He's trying to make the right play. The play that won them the game yesterday obviously had the block. But the way they won is that he fed. I don't even know who the player was that he fed. Yeah, I forgot um, the guy's name, too. This is terrible. <laughs> Emmanuel <laughs> Terry. Emmanuel, Terry, yes. Yeah, Terry, Emmanuel Terry. Terry. He fed Emmanuel Terry down at the bucket, and he had a layup. And it kind of it was anticlimactic how it ended. But it was the right play to make. Right. 
because it won them the game. And that's the kind of stuff that Paolo can bring to the table. Yeah, and the funny thing, on that possession, as they were coming up the court, I'm just like, give Paolo the ball, give Paolo the ball. And yeah. he did what the number one guy was supposed to do. He went up, got the ball, let the defense come to him. Yep. I think he probably could have made the play to the wing. Or the guy dug down and kind of forced him to lose the ball. But Paolo kept his composure, found Terry underneath. And, yeah, and, and I mean, for me, passing was kind of one of the questions I had about Paolo because it felt like he was kind of doing his own thing a lot of times. Yeah. And Duke, and they had so much talent, and they kind of needed somebody to kind of bring it all together. And I think he kind of struggled with it, with that at times, that Duke. But, yeah, he's been really good as far as seeing the court, finding those corner shooters. And you see the way teams are defending him. you got to send multiple bodies at him because he's such yeah. a big body. He can get to the paint whenever he wants to. And, and you know, so I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were like, man, he looks like this now. What is he going to look like at 24? You know, when he oh, puts he muscle smokes, on man. and he's comfortable and he knows where the double seams are coming. Uh, man, I think it, it was – I'm not sure why Orlando was so secretive about it the whole way through, but I think it was clear that this was the right choice and this was the right fit for what they needed down there. Yeah. It's got to be, for a Rockets fan, kind of difficult yeah, man. To, to watch this because you're being led on even to the day of the draft by ESPN that, hey, ESPN reported, hey, this is the order. Yes. This is what's going to happen. And then it flips. Really, it felt like at the last second. It, it was a, a crazy night. And like we always say, man, Vegas knows. <laughs> People were talking about the odds flipping. It. And I was the, one of the guys on Twitter like, okay, everybody calm down. Yeah. Jabari's going number one. I don't know why we're doing this, but – Somehow it leaked out. It didn't leak out to the to the right people apparently, right. <laughs> because the the like you said the reporting maybe even up to an hour before the draft was yep. Jabari was going number one. Uh, I mean, Paulo's talked about it. He was shocked that he went number one. Yeah. Didn't work out for Orlando. Uh, didn't really know anybody from Orlando when yep. he got drafted. Uh, but yeah, I mean that team is going to be really good. And like like you said, if you're a Houston man, just you had the right there at your fingertips, Paolo and Jalen Green as yep. your one and two punch. Uh, that would have been really fun to watch those two guys playing together. Uh, but I still believe Jabari is going to be a good player. I think they just got to find the right type of guard to make him better and just make life easier for him. Uh, but man, Paolo and Orlando is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, people forget that Jabari Smith is the youngest of those three. Yeah. Like, by a significant margin, uh, he is a full year younger than Chet Holmgren. And so it's okay that this takes time. It's right. okay that he doesn't look like the best player in Summer League. As, I mean, you have to remember, it's Summer League. Exactly. Like, there's, you got to take everything with a grain of salt here because it's not, it's not real basketball. No, I not. mean, it was just a couple of years ago when Trey Young was shooting air balls out here yeah. at Vegas, right? And we were all like, oh, he's such a bust. And now yeah. he's a couple all-stars in conference finals, you know. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are going to figure it out. They're really good basketball players. Uh, but, yeah, I just think certain guys are a little further along, and I think that's okay. You know, yeah. you can figure it out, I think. The big thing for him is going to a situation where they're going to help him get better. And I think right now it's kind of a question mark in Houston as far yeah. as how they're developing those guys. Are they putting them in the right situation? Are they putting the right type of vets on the roster to help those guys learn? I think that's been something that just wasn't great last year for Houston. It just right. kind of felt like a free-for-all yep. at times for those young guys. And I think, you know, OKC has done a good job bringing in the Derek Favors of the world, some of those older guys who are going to help young players. And I think that's important yeah. uh, for our team. I think, you know, with Pels fans, a lot of them were really upset watching Garrett Temple watch basketball. <laughs> I didn't enjoy watching Garrett Temple watch, play basketball last year. Uh, but I think he was an important person in that, in that locker room just to yeah. teach guys how to be a pro how to show up every day and put in the work and I think that's important and I think Jabari Smith is going to need that if he's going to become the player we thought he can be coming out of Auburn 
Well, I mean, I'm just glad they traded Christian Wood. <laughs> Honestly, that was a guy that if if he was still there, yeah, I mean, it would be the Christian Wood show of like, let me let me show you how much better I am than you than this kid. And uh, Christian Wood just he, he, I think he's in the right spot now. I think for a young team, that's the exact wrong guy yes. to have on your team. A guy that wants shots, that wants to prove something. That's going to put up stats and is not going to help you win. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of what Christian Wood has been his whole career. Now he's got a chance with the Mag- or with the Mavericks yeah. to put things together. He's way lower on the totem pole <laughs> than Luca. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that difference will help him. But I do I do like that step forward that they made. You take a step back talent wise, but you make a big step forward. I think development wise in Houston, removing him from the picture and allowing Jabari to maybe, you know, I think they need to allow him to to fail this year. Mm-hmm. They need to allow him to kind of work through shooting slumps if he's got them. And I think that this, it'll be a good year for him. I, mean, I actually think that he'll be all right. No doubt. And I think that's a team, well, if we can get into our 2023 NBA draft early yeah. on, I, I think hey. that's a team I would love to see a Scoot Henderson. I got to see Scoot Henderson in person yep. yesterday, sit courtside for the Pels game. And you could just see how impressive he is, you know, physically as such a young guy. I mean, played in the G League last year as a kid who was supposed to be a senior in high school. I know. You know? That's wild. And I think putting him on that roster with Jalen Green would be a lot of fun. I think that would help life. For Jabari Smith, I just, he just doesn't have a real point guard. There. I think KPJ did a pretty good job last year. Right. Jalen Green is still learning. Uh, but I just want Houston just to get a point guard, uh, just, to, just to get Jabari Smith some open looks. I'm just watching him in summer league. It's just been depressing watching him, you know, take these fadeaway jumpers and dribbling in the guys and trying to do stuff. And you see he wants to show something. He sees what Chet is doing over there with Paolo. You see yep. he wants to make his mark as well, but it, it's just been tough for him. Yeah, when you have a guy like Josh Giddy setting you up, Life is just easier, and it's it's been impressive watching Josh. I think one thing that he's showcased here that he wasn't very good at last year was getting downhill. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is, to me, it's strength, and then it's his handle. Yeah, uh, His passing has always been impressive. His dribble has not been. Right. There were a lot of points last year where he could just not – he couldn't get to the spots that he wanted to go. And he showed in the last few games that – he can get to his spots. He can kind of snake through the lane a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he learned a lot from playing with Shea, who's not like the most athletic guy in the league. Yeah, that's a good point. But just knows how to get to his spots. And you could kind of see that manifesting a little bit yesterday, especially with Josh and the way that he gets to the bucket. Yeah, Shea is like the herky-jerky king, man. He's just yeah. like stop and start, stop and start. Yep. And you don't know when he's going and when he's stopping. And I think uh, that's a good guy to, for Josh to follow because he's not the, the fastest guy. He's not the quickest yep. coming off. But uh, he just reads the game really well. He understands spacing. He understands what the way guys move on the court, where the help defense is coming from. And he just got a, such a great awareness for, for a young kid. And I think you're right. You, you see the improvements with his ball handling, him getting to his spots a little bit more. And just with the way he passes, I think that's going to be amazing for them. I think you got to be pretty excited if you're an OKC fan coming out of this summer league. I think yeah. they still got a long way to go, but you see what they're starting to build there. It felt like the rebuild was going to be like 10 years in the making <laughs> when it started off. Uh, but I think they're two years in now. And you yeah. got Giddy, you got Chet. Uh, we were talking about some of the other younger guys early, like Trey Mann. Aaron Wiggins has had a couple good moments. Yeah, uh, They're starting to put some stuff together there. And they still got you know half of the first round picks over the next decade. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to yeah. do some interesting stuff down there. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued with Aaron Wiggins in particular. And I know that that, that is not a name that people are going to want to hear on this <laughs> podcast. However, he's a, he's a wing. He's picked in the middle of the second round last year who at Maryland actually was a pretty good shooter his yeah. freshman year. And his, his shot actually declined. And then he gets drafted late in the second round. And now his shot is looking better. Like yesterday, I think he hit two threes right off the mm-hmm. bat. And the shot, the problem with it last year was that it was just a really flat shot. Right. But he's, if you think about him, he's like a 6'7 wing. He's got a good wingspan. He's got a good feel for the game. Really solid one-on-one defender. And if he can hit threes at a decent clip, I mean, this is a guy that plays in the NBA for 10 years. Like If, if oh, you yeah. can defend multiple positions and hit threes, you're just automatically a, t- a 10-year vet in the right. NBA. And you're playing on a team, like we said earlier, Shea and Josh Giddy. they're going to get you shots. They know how to yeah. find guys. They know how to draw the defense in and hit those corner three-point guys. They know how to hit those guys in the slot. Yep. So if you're a guy who can make shots, okay, sees the spot you want to be because there's, the shots are going to be available, and yep. those guys are going to find you. And the same thing for Chet. I feel like Chet's going to be a guy at some point you know, who can average maybe four or five assists a game yeah. just because he's got a great feel, and he can handle the ball, and he knows just how to play. Uh, I think that's the one thing watching Chet. You see him. He's so long and gangly. He looks like one of those inflatable things they put in front of a, a, a car. <laughs> a, 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 one of those a wacky, wavable arm. Yeah, one of those man. guys. He's kind of one of those guys who moves yeah. around like this. But I think you just watch him play. He just knows how to play basketball. He, he just knows how to move around out there, how to handle the ball. He does. Can shoot it. Uh, he's just really impressive to watch. And just, what, like I said, what they're building in OKC, uh, I think Sam Presti is doing a much better job than people are giving him credit for because we all kind of make the jokes about how he's just stockpiling all of these picks yeah. and stealing everybody's first rounders but he's doing stuff with the first rounders they're using yeah uh jay nivey really disappointing yeah, he goes man. down with an injury uh fifth pick to the pistons the pistons however still have a pretty interesting roster here yeah. J- jalen duran has been really impressive yeah you, man you hear the stories about how that was really their target was jalen duran all along and you can see why he has been like physically one of the more impressive guys I think he is the youngest guy drafted in the first round. Oh, I didn't know and that. you wouldn't know that yeah. by watching him play. Yeah, he's just like a just a big swole guy out there, yeah. man, who can jump. And you know, I was really disappointed to see the Ivy injury, man. I was a huge Ivy fan yeah. coming out in this draft. I think him and Kay Cunningham are gonna be so fun together. Uh technically I guess Kate's still on the roster, so maybe they they dust Kate off. Throw him out there. <laughs> hey, Josh Giddy's playing. Throw yeah, Kate out why there. Not? Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think they're they're another team that's starting to build some stuff down there in Detroit. And I think with Jalen Duran, uh, he's another guy who's just gonna benefit from having Ivy and Cade, two guys who can know how to create shots for those guys around the rim. Yeah. You could just see Cade just throwing lobs to Jaden Duran oh, yeah. and Isaiah Stewart all day. Yeah. Ivy running the floor. I think Duran's a guy who's going to be able to run the floor and make some plays in transition yep. as well. So yeah, I think both of those guys, Ivy and Duran, were really impressive physically, just the way they look oh, out yeah. there as younger guys. And you forget that Jay and Ivy played two years in college, so he's yep. not like one of these 19-year-olds exactly. that's coming in. He's physically ready for, uh, I think, what the NBA is going to present to him next year. And it's going to be fun to watch just his speed uh, in that Detroit offense when you already know what K can do, uh, you know, in pick-and-roll situations. Yeah, I, I questioned a little bit the Isaiah Stewart-Jalen Duran fit. I know. Um, and I still do to a degree. I need to see more of Stewart's three ball 
But it looks pretty good. Yeah, they say he can shoot it. They, they, they say, you know, when he's in practice, he knocks him down. I, I'm a little skeptical like you. Uh, I think they could probably get another guy in there who can stretch the floor a little bit. But I think, you know, that's a story that we're going to start talking about more and more in the NBA, These this too big thing. I, I think yeah. it's really starting to become a thing now. And you see it. With uh, OKC, I think Chet's going to end up being more of a four, which is scary to say because he's seven one. I disagree with you. Everything. I disagree with you. Oh, maybe not a four, but I think they're going to need a physical body there next the, to him. Yes, and I think that the the vision there with Chet would be, and they've got a guy in Jeremiah Robinson Earl that kind of fits yeah, that to one. a degree because he does play a more physical brand of basketball. He's bigger, stronger. Right. Um, I think they they do want one of those guys next to him, but they, they also want to play five out you got you kind of have these teams that are going in the direction of two bigs I think the reason that you draft Chet is he provides something that very few big men can actually do with creation ability the ability to shoot the three ball and be able to drive I mean that's that's kind of what they want he's gonna struggle there's no doubt with like big guys and everybody's like oh it's gonna be Embiid and Jokic no Jonas Valanciunas and like Avita (laughs) Zubak are going to Pummel him yeah. this season. I mean, it's not Jonas just the was, big names. Jonas was punishing JaVale McGee last yes. year in the playoffs. That was one of the big adjustments for the Pelicans was let's just let Jonas go at JaVale McGee every single time. And I think you're going to see that more often where we're talking about small ball and five out, but we're going to just see teams be like, hey, we're just going to dominate you physically inside yep. with our big guys. I think that's what Minnesota's trying to do yep. with Cat and Gobert. And I think we're going to see that more often where everybody's trying to trend smaller. And I think a lot of teams are going to go the opposite way and say, hey, we're just going to throw multiple big guys yeah. at you and see how you can deal with it. Because now you're seeing these big guys who can move around, who can handle the yep. ball, who can shoot the three. So you can do both. You can play two big guys and still play five out. I think you saw that some with the Mavs last year in the yep. playoffs. They were able to do that some. So I think that's the new trend I think we're going to see more and more in the NBA. Big guys who can shoot, play out on the perimeter, and let's just play them together. It's no more of this Jay Crowder at the four, Trevor Ariza at the four. Right. Teams are going to start playing Jackson. And Hayes at the four mm-hmm. and Isaiah Stewart at the four yep. and see how you can handle it. Yeah, I like what Detroit's building. I think you, you think about the pieces that they have in place, especially that they're able to come away from that draft. I had them like as a clear winner of the draft with yeah. Ivy and Duran. Then you add Isaiah Stewart to that. You obviously have them one picking Cade Cunningham. Sadiq Bay had a 50 yeah. ball last year. Like they They're starting to build a pretty interesting team. They do subtract Jeremy Grant which I think is the right move. Yeah, you got to sure. open up shots and development for these guys. But I, I think Detroit could be better sooner than later, honestly, with what they put together. And a lot of that really is just hinging on Cade Cunningham being the superstar that he is. Right. And talking to a few people down here in Vegas, I think a lot of people are, an- are anticipating year two Cade Cunningham. Yep. I think people have talked about he's put on some muscle here in the summer. Yeah, you can tell. He physically looks Yeah, he bigger. looks different. And, yep. and I think just him taking ownership of that team, it, he's one of those guys that feels like Detroit is his team. Yep. And they're following his lead already. And I think that's really impressive for a young guy. And, yeah, I think that's one of those guys we're going to look to. I know people hate the year two most improved player thing, but I think he might be a guy in that conversation. I think he's going to make a jump next year. Yeah. He's going to be. He was really good as a rookie, but I think he's going to be much better in year two, and I think that's going to lift everybody in Detroit just because of the way he plays. Yeah. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. 
and Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Sacramento Kings. They have played well in summer league. Keegan Murray, you know, he had a slow start yesterday against Paolo, but finished really well. I think he had 20 points, nine boards, two assists. I thought he played really well. And I think I Keon Ellis for them, I think plays great defense. He was five of six from three. I think he's a guy that you could see getting into the rotation early for them. Uh, but early impressions of Keegan Murray. Yeah, I only saw it like that because it was like such a king's ender for them to make this roaring comeback. Oh, I know. Down eight with 45 seconds left. They get it to sudden death, and then they end up losing it in the end. <laughs> well, they had the alley-oop that you just thought like, oh, this is how it's going right. to end. Like it's in midair, and you're thinking, oh, they did it. They did it. Good job, Kings. And then, no. Right. And then, like I said earlier, Paolo drives. They dig down. The ball's up in the air, loose. It looks like they might force oh, it still right there. Yeah. Paolo grabs it. They get the layup. Uh, but, yeah, I think Keegan Murray, I was a little down on Keegan Murray coming in. I, I was one of the people that kind of laughed when they took him <laughs> at number it four. Felt, it, four felt like a, it felt like a King's pick. It yes. felt very familiar. It felt very Kings. <laughs> Kings with an A. But, uh, yeah, I think he's looked pretty decent so far. Yeah. I, I have to give him his credit. I think you can see the vision there for what he can be as a pro player guy who was just a, a, a kind of Harrison Barnes in either way they use him who can sure. score in the post hit three pointers do some stuff in transition uh, I think he looked pretty good in that matchup against Paolo yesterday uh, I think Paolo like we said is just physically bigger than him yeah. which is surprising because Keegan's an older guy yep. uh, but yeah I think that he's looked pretty good so far my guy I don't know how to pronounce his name Quaita Keita Keita the, Keita, yes. the center for him yep. uh, for the Kings he looked really good yesterday he he's hit the three huge yes he's so big and he like he dribbles a little bit too much for me a couple of times I was like pass a big fella you'll get it back but you can see he's got some talent there and yeah, they're starting does. to do some stuff uh with the Kings I think uh the Keegan Murray pick we'll see I still think they're going to regret passing on Jay and Ivy I think he's yeah. going to be one of the better players in this draft yeah. uh but I, like I said I can see what Murray can be I think he's going to be a good fit there playing next to Sabonis and Fox those are another two guys who can find people they're going to yeah. create open shots for those guys around them uh, but, yeah, I think we're seeing what the Kings are doing, but it just feels like the Kings are still kind of, you know, running on that hamster wheel right now. I don't have a lot of questions offensively because I actually think the fit's okay. Right. Um, defensively is where I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the Sabonis, Keegan Murray, front line of the future thought process. Or how about uh, Fox and Monk in, in your backcourt? Who's boy. defending anybody not, there? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get to Malik Monk now. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't particularly like that for them. I think defensively there's not – there doesn't seem to be a plan when it comes to the roster, right? Uh, which is where I really worry about – I mean, they're trying to end this 16-year 
drought of not making the playoffs. And they've, they've taken a step back on defense. And we're talking about a team that was in the 20s right. in the rankings last year. And I, I think there's a chance that they're not as good. They're even worse. And, I mean, the one thing I will say is they hired Mike Brown. We know he's one of the better defensive coaches yeah. in this league. One of the nicest guys in the league. Saw him yesterday. And I think I, every time I look at Mike Brown, I'm like, man, the Kings? Is that really what we're going to do to jump back in? And it's Chasing like, the money, baby. Hey, Come man, on. It's one of 30. Like yeah. all the coaches say, it's, it's one of 30, man. There's only 30 head coaching spots in this league. It's very hard to get that opportunity. Yeah. So you can understand Mike Brown being able to stay out there on the Bay as well, coming off the championship yeah. with the Warriors. So you can see the interest. But like you said, man, it just doesn't feel like there's a clear vision for how the Kings can kind of get this thing turned around and start being a consistent playoff team. Because in the West, man, it's so difficult. There's so many good teams in the West, and teams aren't going away anytime soon. When you talk about the Pelicans, they're on the rise. Memphis Grizzlies are on the rise. I mean, there's and then when you're getting into the future where the Kings hope to be down the line, OKC is going to be a threat. Yeah, Houston's going to be a threat because those teams are going to keep stockpiling picks. Uh, Of course, now Houston has those Brooklyn picks, which might also be amazing down the line. Uh, So yeah, I think it's really tough to see where the Kings are going, what they're doing. Uh, I, I, I was one of the people who were screaming about them trading Tyrese Halliburton last year. Oh, boy. I'm not sure what the Sabonis Fox thing is going to really do for you in the future. Uh, but, yeah, I think, like I said, I think Mike Brown's a good coach. Yeah. He'll get those guys in the right spots defensively. Yeah. I just don't know if you have just anybody who's a real defensive guy in mind. I think the Kings, are gonna, Kings fans are going to scream at us. We got uh, Davion Mitchell. You know, uh, what is his bad day or bad game or whatever his nickname was. But I just, I, I just don't feel like... It's a lot of like, pressure for a Five foot eleven point yeah. guard to be the focal point of a defense. I mean, there's just not a lot of guys throughout NBA history that have done that. Right, and we said last year it's going to be really difficult to get uh, Halliburton, Fox, Mitchell three guard lineup going, and yep. I feel the same way about a Fox Monk uh, Mitchell oh, three guard. Yeah, that's lineup. not a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they just need defensive minded guys, and I just. I'm just keeping Mike Brown in my thoughts because I know he wants to play defense, and I don't think anybody on his team wants to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about the West. There aren't very many bad teams in the West. No. Like, tell me if you think – let's go through some teams. Tell me if you think that the, the Kings are better than any of these teams. The Nuggets? No. The Wolves? No. The Blazers? No. If Dame's healthy, that's a no for me. Phoenix? No. no. Golden State? No. Clippers? No. no. Lakers? No. Grizzlies. No. Mavericks. That's a big no. Pelicans. Definitely not. We're at, we're at, I have no more fingers. <laughs> this is 10 teams. <laughs> That's how many spots there are. And maybe, I mean, I think the Spurs are probably out. Right. The, the Rockets are out. The Thunder are out. Utah's in limbo right now. Utah could go either way. That's the team where I'm like, okay, maybe the Kings would be better than Utah. But right. if they keep Donovan Mitchell... They've yeah. got, like, some versatile defenders around him now. Right. They've got a ton of first-round picks that they can make some trades. They could pivot and go a different direction. Now, if they trade Mitchell, then yeah. it, it's all over. It's super tame. Which I think, I think they should. I think that's the move. I think building around Donovan Mitchell is going to be a pretty difficult thing, especially sure. in a small market. And they got older guys there, Bogdanovich, Conley. Right. You know, it's just going to be difficult to keep that thing going. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a good second rounder for Conley, right. and, like shorter money from somebody, I think you have to do a deal like that. But, I mean, even those pieces, those three pieces, like that's probably a team that could be better than Sacramento. And that's where I 
That's, this is where we just have to keep Mike Brown our thoughts and prayers here. <laughs> thoughts and I, prayers. Because that's 11 teams, and there's not, there's not 12 spots. And, and like we said, man, those teams aren't fading away. Uh, I don't see any of those. Man, we no. didn't see Utah dropping off as quickly as they did. But, I mean, out of those first 10 teams you named, I mean, who, which one of those teams are going to drop off anytime soon? All of those teams basically have younger guys leading the way. I mean, it's the Lakers probably. Yeah, and you, the argument for the Lakers is always, well, we just grabbed the next star. The yeah, next guy is going to be here. And they have proven that. <laughs> They've had some lulls, certainly. They've had some big-time lulls. Right. But they're always going to get back there just because you have a jersey that says Lakers on it. Yeah, and maybe Kyrie goes there and just blows the whole franchise up. <laughs> what do you think about that? Who knows? What do you think about that idea? I mean, Kyrie is, of course, going to be an upgrade over Russ. He's obviously a better player than Russ yeah. right now. I think that offensive trio of Kyrie, AD, and LeBron, is going to be potent. Yeah, uh, Kyrie, as much as people love to talk about him, what he does off the court, I think he's still an incredible basketball player. Yeah, Still had a 50 ball last year, 60 ball last I year. Know. People talk about how bad he was in the playoffs, but we forget he was incredible in game one, almost yep. one game one by himself. Uh, so I think adding Kyrie to the mix is going to be such a huge upgrade for them. But again, uh, I feel like whenever we talk to people about the Lakers, people always forget the number one problem with the Lakers last year was they were terrible defensively. Yes. They were awful on defense, yes. and they haven't done anything to improve that side of the ball. No. Uh, they brought in Toscano Anderson. He's fine. I mean, yeah. he didn't play at all. Nice all in energy State. player off the bench. Yeah, but he was like a, a DNP basically the entire oh, yeah. second half of the season last yeah. year. Uh, Troy Brown, like he's fine. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't see anybody who's going to come in there and make a real impact Lonnie defensively. Lonnie Walker is not a defensive player. I mean, San Antonio didn't really want to play him. So yeah. It says something whenever a team lets a young wing go. Just like you can have him. Yeah. You know, uh, I just think uh, it's going to be tough for them. Again, it's going to be a lot of pressure on LeBron. It's going to be a lot of pressure on AD to stay healthy. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to be fun to watch offensively, but they, they just don't guard anybody. And, yeah. and that's my issue with the Lakers. Yeah. Still better than the Kings. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Athletic NBA show. Be sure to check us out. All week, we're going to be dropping shows from Las Vegas live here. If you happen to be here at the Thomas & Mac, come say hello. Come I put on, the nice. schedule out on my Twitter account at Andrew K. Schlecht. Uh, for Will Guillory and Andrew Schlecht, stay locked in to The Athletic. Let her up, champ. Yeah. Uh, let her rip. <laughs>